0: Hey everyone, business owners, ladies, entrepreneurs, mothers, and maybe even a few men. I'm Megan Lockhart, the creator of Hello Life Academy, and welcome to our show. I'm gonna talk about all things life and business with a little bit of mom stuff too, every Monday and Friday. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tag us on social media using hashtag Hello Life Academy so we can celebrate everything that you're doing in your life and business. Enjoy the episode, and check out more resources at hellolifeacademy.com. So it's Jillian Yanni, right? That's correct. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. It is my pleasure. I know. It's so, like we were saying earlier, it's so nice to see a face. It
1: is. I've, I've been starved for human contact. So this, this is the highlight of
0: my day. <laughs> and then after we can both get back in our pajamas and pretend like... Yeah. <laughs> To remember what's going on in the world. So Julianne, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do. Yeah, thank you. So I
1: am a storyteller. I started storytelling when I was just 18 years old. I went on a road trip with my friends across Canada and on that road trip I saw a professional storyteller perform. I, I didn't really know what I was stepping into, but I went to a festival and a storyteller got on stage she started telling a story and I was absolutely gripped and that single moment changed the course of my life. I came back from that road trip, signed up for speech arts and drama lessons and the rest is history. I've been either telling stories professionally, helping other people to tell their stories um, or creating platforms for people to be able to share their stories ever since. So what I do is help you to be able to sound amazing and connect with people through
0: telling your story that's amazing so at 18 you discovered this new career
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and you dove right in Mm -hmm. and now who do you specifically help
1: yeah so i work with business owners and entrepreneurs and i help them to be able to understand the message that they have through the lens of story and to be able to share that message to draw their audiences to them and to serve their audiences better because the reality is people make decisions based on emotion and they justify those decisions with logic and story is the most powerful tool we have for helping to touch people's feelings touch people's hearts so that they remember you so that so that they are moved when you speak to them and, and in addition to that, like my background is in performing arts. And so I can help you use your voice, use your face, use your body to be able to sound and look
0: amazing. Oh, I, I need you in my life. <laughs> I, I'm hearing you say story. And what's coming up for me is I, I hear so many people say this, well, I don't really have a story. Uh, and, and I think that that comes from when people don't feel like they have something that's been part of like a traumatic experience so they don't step on stage or they don't step on a podcast and like i don't have a story so if like tell me a little bit more about that because i think about even my career in my life i'm like i don't have much of a story i thank you so much for asking this question <laughs> you've really put the nail on the
1: head of a lot of what i do because you're absolutely right we are our own worst critics and we are the first people to undermine what we have to share. I'll never forget the time I sat down with a client of mine and um, like we were just going for coffee and and I met her at a party and she told me at this party that she had been an RCMP officer for 25 years. And immediately I'm like, oh, you are a rock star because I know women have a very short history in the RCMP. And if she was in, in the RCMP for 25 years, like that's in the 80s. That's amazing. So we were sitting down for coffee, and she says, "You know, I've been invited to speak in front of seven hundred and fifty people, and i I don't have a story, I'm not sure what to say." And so I asked her a few questions, and pretty soon she was telling me about the time she broke up a domestic dispute and was in between two violent people, or the time she took down uh, a robbery in action single-handedly. And so after all of these stories, I said, "Oh, um) <laughs> You don't have a story? (laughs) Now, I know I'm sharing a dramatic example, but I can tell you, we all have stories. And for every story told, a listener's life is changed. And I sit down with my clients and I say, so tell me, and then I'll, you know, craft questions specifically for them and for their audience. And invariably, we all have something meaningful to say to our audience. Our audience wants to hear what we have to share. And so while you might not feel like you have a story, I promise you, you do. And it's a matter of understanding what do you want your audience to think, feel, or do? Understanding who your audience is and what they care about. And those two things combined give you a lens to look at your life and say, what do I have to say that is going to serve those two needs? And it's the mold of story because we, we all have stories Heck, like, like I guarantee you have a story from this morning. It's just a matter of crafting and shifting and, and adjusting the way you frame those experiences and bringing a little bit of artistry to it. Story is message and art combined in a particular framework, a formula, beginning, middle, end, conflict, characters, connection. You know, there's a formula to it. Um, but we all have them. We all have them. So I invite I- you to, to believe, to believe in your stories and believe in what you have to say. Sorry, I cut you off.
0: No, it's okay. My, my head is spinning now. I'm so excited because I'm thinking, okay, you've, you've got the beginning, middle, end, and then you talked about the characters and all, all those pieces. And then when you try, when you're tying business into that, mm-hmm. so, and I'm I'm thinking specifically about somebody who's not the face of their business, mm-hmm. not a coach, maybe somebody, how, how can they bring their story into their company?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good question. And um, what, you know, when, when we are the face of our business, we're very much working from a perspective of, you know, my, like, What is Jillian Yanni's story? What is Megan Lockhart's story? Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but, that's only for some stories. Like I I, I have my model, my framework is the core seven stories. Your origin story. Obviously, you're the hero of your origin story. Your pitch. Well, are you really the hero of your pitch? Are you? Because we are, we exist as businesses to serve our clients. Mm -hmm. Truly, our clients are the heroes in our business. And as such, our clients should most often be the heroes in our stories. And so, whether you, Megan, are, are the face of your business or or not, whether you're a you know a, a bigger brand, mm-hmm. um, then then your hero changes in those situations. So so if I'm crafting a pitch, I mean, truly the hero of my pitch is my client, mm-hmm. and then then I can bring different characters into my story through representing those clients in my story. Just like when I I told you a story about the RCMP officer. I mean, who was the hero of that story? Not me. The RCMP
0: officer was the hero of that story. Mm -hmm. Mm I love that. I love that so much. So your clients should be the hero when you're pitching. And when you say pitching, you mean selling, offering your services, things like that?
1: yeah yeah. So, really good question so so a pitch a pitch serves a few purposes i mean a pitch a pitch helps your audience understand what it is you do and who you do it for really quickly okay and and so and you can do that as a story or not i mean i can just tell you with lining facts up what i do and, and the change it creates and who i do it for i can also do that in a story And as a story, you have a character and and that character goes on a journey and that character changes. And, you know, by, by crafting that as a story with a character, I can still hit all those marks of helping people understand what you do and who you do it for really quickly.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, I love that. I think this is something that everyone really should focus energy on. When, do you think that's important? I'm thinking about my own business and some of our client businesses. Do you think that it's important to start crafting your story right away? Or is it better to kind of get the ball rolling in your business and then think, okay, now I need to to really pare this down. Yeah. So I mean, I, I would never go out the door without a few stories in my pocket. Like
1: that, that's just how I live. And, and that's what I believe. <laughs> it sets you up for communication success. Right. Um, when people ask you a question, you want to be able to respond with a story. When, when you build your website, you want to be able to build it around a story. When you put a social media post out, you want, or when you email, I mean, story can be at the core of all of that. And it doesn't not you know it's not hard to craft a story um i mean people like me exist to help bridge that gap and to help you um take that extra step but there's no reason to not have your stories crafted and ready to go and then as your business evolves or shifts or change your stories evolve and shift and change along with it so so you have your origin story you have your pitch You have your success stories. You have stories to help your audience understand how you manage change or how you overcome obstacles. When's the last time you had a sales call with a client and wanted to be able to express the transformation you can create in a meaningful way. A story does that. So having those stories, your value story, your vision for the future story, having those stories crafted is a process of self-reflection that helps you understand your business and your brand better and helps you to be able to communicate with power and impact with your audience. And yeah, your business is going to change. Of course, our businesses change every day. Yeah. So then you change your story. Not a big deal, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I, I love this so much in my head. And right now in front of you, I'm thinking, I am missing so many stories. And when I talk to people, I get I. I hesitate to say, here's what I do, because I have not, which is gonna, I think, blow your socks off. I have never sat down to actually think about it.
1: Yeah, so, so no, I get it. I totally understand that, and I hear that a lot. Okay. I regularly have people come to me and say, I get nervous when people ask me what I do, and, and I feel shy or embarrassed or whatever when I explain that to them. Yeah. Um, and and I, I understand. Um, I think we, like I said, we're, we are our own worst critic, and we often live in a state of fearing judgment from the people we're communicating with. Crafting your story can, because it's a deliberate and intentional process, you're deliberately and intentionally thinking about the message you share, um, what you say out loud, and how you say it. So that then when you go to say that, you can do it fully present and mm-hmm. fully embodied, feeling amazing because, because part of this is also practice. And part of it is also, you know, a lot of what I do. So yes, I help people to understand and craft their stories. I also help you to be able to practice um, mindset so that when you say something out loud, you feel okay. You feel good you feel confident. I help people to manage pre-performance anxiety and to be able to think deliberately about what am I doing with my voice and my face and my body so that when I do speak, whether it's to uh, 750 people or one person, Mm -hmm. you feel good about how you are presenting yourself. And that in itself is incredibly empowering and confidence building.
0: You, you must, you must have so much fun watching. I know Brené Brown, she did that on Netflix. Have you recently watched that or I think Mm -hmm. I forget what it's called, but um, when you're speaking, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I would, if I were you, I would just watch how she's presenting herself. Because I think back to that Netflix show and her talk, and she just has this energy and you want to be her friend and she's talking to thousands of people, but you feel like she's really specifically talking to you.
1: That, that is exactly how I felt that day back in 1998 when, when the professional storyteller was sharing her story. I was like, oh, oh, this is for me. And you know what happened? That moment changed the rest of my life. That's amazing. Because for every story told, a listener's life is changed.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that. And I'm thinking, okay, let's have some fun. <laughs> All right. I want to think, cause I, I was listening and I'm thinking, okay, what are some of the brands and the people that you stop your scroll on social media? And it's the same story every single time, but they have taken their business from where it was to be so big now. And I'm thinking one person specifically, Rachel Hollis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Same story. Um, uh, but just told so well over the course of everything she does. I want, I want to hear your, your analysis of it, and like your views on it.
1: I, I mean, there's, there are specific things that we can do as speakers and storytellers to be able to really reach our audiences and sound amazing. And I think, you know, the Rachel Hollis's or the Brene Browns, um, you, you can watch these people and see that they're doing that really effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so incorporating, it's just subtle changes that, that we can easily adapt and adopt into the way that we present to be able to make that connection. Um, I guess, okay, so when you, when you watch Rachel Hollis, when you're scrolling, you tell me, what is it that you see in her that makes you stop, that
0: makes you listen? Oh, I want to pick somebody different now because <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, I love watching her from a business perspective because I think uh, the the sense of community that she's created. But yeah. I don't, I don't personally stop my scroll on her content. Oh, okay. So so who that? yeah, <laughs> th- that That's that's a really great observation. So who um, stop your scroll on. I'm I'm just thinking. You know, Marie Forleo always yeah always stop stop my scroll because she's fun.
1: Uh huh. So, about how what 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 does fun mean? How how is that visualized or or heard or
0: embodied? She's moving. She yeah. doesn't sit still. She's actually moving. Her hands move. at, It just seems, and you're doing this right now, so yeah. I, I, it's the perfect amount of movement in her in her arms, in her hands, her face. She's always looking at the screen or the camera or wherever, and it's just (laughs) i love this this is this is so good
1: because you are you're exactly hitting the nail on the head about the things i i know you need to do there there's academic research like peer-reviewed research that talks about move moving your hands so and it's this is specifically pertaining to people seeking investment from um from like venture capitalists so when you pitch um if you use your hands people are able to visualize what it is that you are trying to convey. It's, it's, um, because images and emotion, those, those are the two key ingredients, images and emotion, hand gestures help convey images. Um, as do your eyes, um, emotion is conveyed through, through your body, you know, like you can hold tension or energy or emotion in different ways in your body. Um, uh, like, for example, have you ever seen someone present and, and you see their arms are held close or tight? I mean, what, what emotion does that convey? Insecure, to be exactly. honest, like yeah. a little
0: bit. Yeah. And I have, I have been to events where like, some of the keynote speakers are, are looking almost a little bit shy or uncertain of their message. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it really difficult to believe what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's Absolutely absolutely
1: um which i get it i understand that so many of us feel that yeah um so and that doesn't that doesn't devalue what they say because you know those keynote speakers have been chosen specifically they've been curated they've been selected for the the content that they put out the expertise that they have there is a big difference between having expertise in your subject area and having expertise in speaking and presenting and storytelling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like speaking and storytelling, presenting, that's a whole different skill set. So what can we do as business owners is a, you know, a little bit of growth, a little bit of growth in that area will have a big transformation because the key that what, of what you just said, Megan, is that it makes it harder for me to believe. In yeah. It doesn't mean that they're not valuable or valid or offering good information. What it means is that it's being portrayed in a way that is hard to believe. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, and there's a few takeaways for us there. Like one is don't judge people who aren't like expert presenters, judge them based on what they say. But I can tell you that is a really hard thing to do (laughs) when you're sitting in a in a room full of like 10 or 50 people and, and someone, and and it's two o'clock and you have your, Um, your lunchtime lull, if you're the person speaking at that point, or if you're having a one-to-one sales call with someone when they've been up all night because their kid was awake, right? You want to be the person who's going to command their attention and, and project confidence so that
0: you can have the maximum impact,
1: right? This is about setting yourself up for
0: success. Yeah, (laughs) It's amazing too, because I think, um just with the, the the way things are going on in the world right now, being on video I, I think that that's so important right now for the sales conversations, for the pitches, because you can say something on the phone, but i I can hear the distraction as well with the other person, so I can't really command their attention on the telephone, so i I really encourage like, hey, get in front of the camera, even if it's for like five minutes go and hide in the bathroom and let's do this so I can see you and I can feel you as well.
1: Fully, fully. It is so important um, because we convey, what, what it's about is adding extra information. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something interesting to spend some time thinking about is what information do I project or share when I communicate? There's the words you say, that's the cerebral part of it. Uh, But then there's so much more information that you convey through your face, through your eyes, through your body, through your hands. And when we are on video, one, we're, we're then multiplying the amount of information we can share. Now, the trick is to think strategically about what am I communicating with my face, with my eyes, with my hands, with my shoulders? You know, what am I conveying? And being intentional and deliberate about all of that. So learning and, and practicing communication on all these multiple levels uh, allows you to be able to convey so much more and more impactful.
0: That, that's amazing. I'm just I'm just thinking about how how people can do this and how you can practice where it still feels authentic because I think it it's it's an art. It's also a required skill, but it's a skill that I think everyone has to learn. And and what's like one of the first things you would say? So that well, I guess what I'm trying to say is how can you do it so it still feels authentic while you're going through the process of learning how to do all these things?
1: Yeah, really good question. And and there are some like simple solutions and and things to put in place. Uh, one is like if you are going to practice telling your story or sharing a talk or whatever, make sure you have an audience. Um, to practice in front of. Now that can be a real human live audience. So enroll your friends, enroll your kids, whatever. Now, if that isn't possible, cause I know it's not, and especially like you might want to practice like probably well, realistically 70% of your practice will not be in front of live humans. Um, and so when that's happening, practice in front of something that can pose as a live human whether it's a photograph or a series of photographs, yeah. and really look into the eyes of the people in those pictures and see them as real, see them as they're with you. If you don't, like photographs or stuffies, stuffies are great, <laughs> line up all your stuffies. All <laughs> oh <laughs> my <laughs> <God>. stuffies. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Come on, Megan, I know you have stuffies. Yeah. <laughs> Be real with me. <laughs> <laughs> what about dogs? Can I have my dogs? Oh. It depends on how well trained your dog is. (laughs) Um, So stuffies, photos, anything that can pose as a human and speak to them. That gives you practice making eye contact, um, looking at multiple people's eyes and really building a connection. You do have to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's great is simply videoing yourself. Now, I know the truth is, whenever I have my clients video themselves, they, I then have to have like a, a whole conversation with them about like, you know, give yourself permission to be on video. Uh, your voice is amazing because people have a hard time seeing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, start and, and build that that tolerance and and be generous and gracious with yourself. When you see yourself on video, give yourself permission to be on video and to sound the way you sound and to look the way you look Um, know that you have an important message to share because your, your story matters. All of our stories matter. Um, So when you do see yourself on video, spend some time really being gracious and generous with yourself before you do that. Um, And then move to live human practice, enroll your friends, enroll your family um, to be able to, to listen. And I, I, will always and forever say, when you get feedback from people, know that it's subjective and take that feedback and you get to decide what you do with that feedback. And it might be incorporate It might be say, no, I don't like that feedback. Truly give yourself permission to, to do what you want to do with that feedback
0: yeah and and i i'm so thankful you're saying that because feedback for public speaking and storytelling like i have no training professional training in in either of those things and i have stood on stages and afterwards i'm going to tell you just a quick little story Mm -hmm. i I do this thing with my legs when i speak i crisscross them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which does not look great from when i saw a camera (laughs) of myself but somebody said to me are you okay do you have a like is your ankle sore and i thought oh that you know what i'm going to take this as feedback that i really have to maybe be more aware of how i'm standing and how i'm presenting myself when i'm sharing this message that i want people to take away because what she heard and saw was you look uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so but feedback it is it's take it but don't don't try not to lose sleep over it i guess too like Completely, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and
1: I like, I, I thank you for sharing that story. It's, it's really neat to hear how you took that feedback and framed it in a way that was constructive for yourself. Um, and, and that is exactly what you want to do is take that feedback and make it constructive and lose it. It absolutely would not be worth it to lose sleep over that. Not at all, not one bit. The idea is to be progressing and growing and building. And what that means is you need to feel awesome. Yeah. We're not progressing and growing and building when, when, we are, when, when we're down, when, when we're feeling crummy about how we look or how we sound. And, and yeah, we all are on a progression and, and that means we're all in different places. Uh, that doesn't mean that what you have to offer or what you have to share is bad or negative or not enough? That is not true. I, r- I run a an open a storytelling open mic night in Calgary. I've been running it for eight years now. We just had our eighth anniversary. Oh
0: my goodness! That's yeah. a- I wish I would have known about it.
1: I would have I would have gone. Oh okay. Well, I'll let you know when we have our next one. It's it's every other month. Um, it's it's an awesome beautiful event, and what has been so wonderful about it, um, is over the last eight years I've got to and support and provide a platform for literally hundreds of storytellers. Mm-hmm. So I've listened to hundreds of stories, and these are open mic stories. Uh, we're not talking about professional speakers, although some of our speakers are professional speakers. We're talking about anyone and everyone who gets up and shares a first-person narrative. And at those stories are, come from all across the spectrum. Like I said, we do have professional storytellers that, it, that get up there and share their stories. And then we have some people that get up there and share their stories for whom it's their very first time ever standing up and sharing a story in front of a live audience. And I will say it till the day I die for every story told a listener's life has changed. Some people who get up there, um, might not be feeling, they might not be having a great day. Or some people who get up there might be, like I said, speaking in front of a live audience for the very first time. And, and sometimes I see shyness or nervousness in them. Sometimes I see people, who might be pacing across the stage in in an awkward way because they happen to be nervous. But what I also see is people being moved, people caring, people being inspired or uplifted or learning from every one of those stories. So yeah, you might not be a professional storyteller right now. Yeah, you might not have a lot of experience getting up on stage or doing a sales call, That doesn't mean that what you have to share isn't valuable and and important. It is. And there's someone out there who needs to hear that. And you're going to tell your story one way this day, today and another way tomorrow and another way the day after that. And you're going to get better every time. And five times from now, you're going to be a lot better. That doesn't mean that what you do today isn't valuable and isn't important.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I think it's all about practice. Practice, practice and then you know reach out to to you <laughs> to like to learn the art of storytelling and and it is art and it's it's a beautiful thing i i like to look and think what is this person doing that makes me feel so captivated Because I can tell there's a lot of skills and and thought behind not just the words, but the whole thing. So I can't thank you enough for spending time with me. I, I can't wait to dive into your website even more and check out all the great things and meet you in person. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. One day, one day we'll be able to meet in person.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to make sure in the show notes to let people know where and when your Calgary, it's an open mic night. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's so yeah. Cool. And anything else you have going on? Cause this is, this is something that every entrepreneur needs
1: yeah yeah absolutely um and i love sharing my message with people and helping people to be able to share their message my main program is called story power it's a 90-day program to be able to craft your core seven story so i'll share that information
0: with you as well i love that thank you so much yes thank you this was wonderful I hope that was as good as it was for you, as it was for me. That was so fantastic. Thank you for being an amazing human being and for listening to our show. Please leave a review so that we can always improve and make sure that we're doing a better job week by week for you. All the resources can be found at hellolifeacademycom forward slash blog. I can't wait to hear what you thought about this week's show.